Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Salemi. Welcome to the OIS Podcast. I'd like to welcome Bill Link, Managing Director of the venture firm, Burson Ventures. Bill, thanks for taking some time with us. Tom, I'm delighted. Great. This is one of the frustrations of mine. I've always been as a reporter trying to uh, get VCs to talk about their fundraising. And I know there's been some reports in the media that you folks are close, very close to, to closing on your fund. But uh, I understand it's not quite there yet. So you're likely going to tell me you're limited in, in what you can say. But is there anything at all you can say about the fund or the, the fundraising process? Well, we're nearing the, the completion of, um, of, of raising Versant 5. Um, I think in the coming few weeks it'll be uh, completed and I'll be able to uh, be more specific. But it's been challenging. Uh, but in fact, we're, we're uh, bringing it to a successful conclusion. Uh, it's uh, Versant's fifth fund, as I said, um, and we're excited about you know the the confidence that our investors have uh, in putting capital to work with Versant and uh, our strategy remains largely the same as in prior funds we are going to have a stronger emphasis on the biotech biopharma area because of opportunity great what is the, the, the parallels between this fundraising market which as you know it is difficult and kudos to you guys for getting the dollars you, you got. I know it's really hard and difficult out there to, to collect the capital. Uh, you, you started uh, versus in the late 1990s when there was a clear dichotomy between the performance of tech investing and life sciences investing. I mean, that was the whole reason that Versant got together, the, the, the unification of those healthcare teams from uh, those three venture firms. How does this period compare to, that period rather, compare to today? I mean, there's some similarities, but I'm not sure if the contrast is as stark. No, it's not. The contrast is not as stark. In the late 90s, as we formed and launched Versant, the uh, tech boom was surging, and uh, healthcare was slightly out of favor in the mm -hmm. venture community. And we were pleased and relieved that we were able to raise our first one, uh, Versant uh, Ventures One, which was a 200. $50 million fund in actually a fairly efficient process. Took us less than uh, a year from start to uh, completion of that fundraising. I think the overall environment now is different. Uh, there's some overlap, of course, Tom. One of the similarities is that we're also uh, in a time frame now where the technology surge is, is there. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the track record of venture returns in healthcare has been also pretty solid. That's that's always good to hear, and it's not something that's I think said often enough. Uh, one of those contributors to I think Burson's success has been on the ophthalmology side, particularly on the on the medtech side. Going down your portfolio list, I can count off many of the companies that. Uh, You've exited Ionix, Intralace, LensX, even Foresight, Nuco too. That was an interesting uh, early exit for for you folks. Uh, what were some of the, the the better success stories that really played out to, to limited partners uh, as you were talking to them? Or if you don't want to talk about fundraising, what were just some of the success stories that you like to point out when you're t 
talking to people at a cocktail party or uh, at a coffee shop. Yeah, in the ophthalmic sector, we've been so fortunate to team up with uh, amazing entrepreneurs um, that have good inventions and uh, disruptive technology and address tough problems. Um, and then luckily, we've been rewarded. And so I think the kind of this emerging track record and the popularity of the ophthalmic sector has really uh, increased and grown over the last decade or 15 years. When I started in venture in, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, ophthalmology was not on the, um, on the, on the target uh, of, um, of the venture community. And so it's been right. you know, kind of a new era or a new segment that has drawn capital. Obviously, Versant to some extent has been the lead there. Over the years, through funds uh, one through four, we've invested nearly 20% of our capital in the ophthalmic sector. It's clearly wow. our largest um, area of focus. And what's a bit exciting for me is that while it was mostly med tech in, the, in funds one through three, uh, in funds three and four, and now I believe in five, we're going to be diversifying our ophthalmic uh, focus beyond medtech to include uh, biotech, biopharma as well. So mm -hmm. my expectation is that in Versant 5, on a go-forward basis, we'll still have ophthalmology high on the radar screen, but it'll be a little bit more of a blended uh, portfolio of both medtech as well as uh, the pharma side. Interesting. Why is the, the the med tech sector overall has had some difficulties the last few years, uh, and that's and that's I think being kind. Ophthalmology seems to have been an oasis of sorts. What is it that's kept that that sector moving forward when others have uh, have slowed a bit, if not stopped entirely? Well, I think several factors, uh, Tom. One is the the market dynamics uh, and the market metrics are amazing in ophthalmology. The way I view it, it's really two markets. One is the disease-based uh, market of ophthalmology, of eye diseases, many of which are age-related and with the aging population in ophthalmology as well as in other med tech sectors, the, you know, the, the demands and needs are, are increasing as the population ages. In ophthalmology, in addition to the disease-based uh, market, we have the refractive market, you know, the vision side, and it's all mm -hmm. about vision correction. It may not be disease-related. Uh, some of it is age-related. For example, you know, if as we uh, see well in our, you know, um, earlier years, as we get into our 40s and 50s, then we have trouble reading, presbyopia, etc. And so, uh, with ophthalmology, you have two markets that are overlapping and, and candidly nearly twice as large as many other other sectors. And I don't think that was fully appreciated uh, until the last uh, decade or more for, for investors. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So we're going to take a, a quick break for a commercial and come right back. OIS is now accepting applications for presenting companies. Share your technology and clinical data with over 800 industry executives, investors, and key opinion-leading ophthalmologists. To be considered for the Ophthalmology Innovation Showcase, apply online 
at www.ois.net forward slash application. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Bill Link, Managing Director of Person Ventures. Well, what are, you talked about the opportunities. What are some of the unique challenges for the autonomic space? What problems do you as an investor in eye care companies have to manage that maybe others in your partnership don't? Well, one of the challenges we've been facing uh, for the last um, oh, half decade or more is what I think of as industry consolidation, and it's creating some lack of stability in terms of the leadership uh, mm -hmm. in the ophthalmic sector. Now, that has rippled through other uh, med tech sectors as well, so it's not entirely unique to ophthalmology, but it has impacted us. As you know, Tom, what the, what the role we play in the venture community and specifically at Versant and specifically in ophthalmology is this is outsourced R&D. And so when we form a, a, a company, fund it, and build it, and de-risk the technology, we're really building it for someone to buy. You know, uh, a fallback uh, strategy is that we can build a business, it can be standalone longer term, take it public, mm -hmm. et cetera. But our primary strategy is to build it for an industry leader. And so when there's instability uh, in the leadership area, it causes us some extra challenges. Hmm. So Intralase going public, was that a success? <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah. it was a great... So yeah. that was a beautiful staged uh, exit for us where, you know, again, strong management, strong mm -hmm. technology platform, um, took the company public not as a financial exit strategy as much as a financing strategy, Built, you know, further expanded the business to de-risk and increase value, and of course, then AMO uh, acquired the business. Let's talk a bit about the, the Google Novartis effort. Just talking about the, the big players uh, in there. I mean, that's an interesting effort. The, the fact that they're teaming up to work in the contact lens that Google's been talking about for for a year now, and it's talking about the capability of. It, uh, having a contact lens that correct for farsightedness and monitor glucose. What the, what do you think this means for the eye care uh, sector? Is this a, a blip or a significant historical effect? Could this be another uh, acquirer down the line, some sort of Google or offshoot of Google or some tech-heavy player that's that we don't even know about today in the eye care industry? Yeah, I'm not sure I know. I'm excited about it. You know, Google mm -hmm. and having the kind of that that nimble uh, technology company like a Google, a, a leader in their space, team up with a leader in the ophthalmic uh, sector is terrific for us. How that gets reduced to practice, you know, the kind of contributions that are honestly made, you know, uh, through Alcon and into the marketplaces to be determined. They haven't said very much yet about their areas of focus, but I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is an interesting development. Going earlier stage, how are the sunshine laws and the in, in the other efforts to sort of curb relations between physicians and clinicians in, in industry? How is that impacting ophthalmology? You're hearing of, of higher walls in, in cardiology and orthopedics. Has that affected ophthalmology at all? Is it, is it still easy for a VC to interact with an ophthalmologist who has an idea for a company or a product? You know, it's still 
uh, easy and straightforward in ophthalmology. I think a couple of things are going on. One is we have a blended um, market in terms of reimbursed products, but also cash pay or self-pay. Mm-hmm. Since ophthalmology is one of the plastic surgery would be another sector or segment where uh, self-pay, uh, patient pay is is very important to that market. It's it has been you know since we developed LASIK now so many years ago. Um, there's a cash pay self-pay aspect of ophthalmology, and there are fewer compliance um, burdens in that relationship. Uh, on the self-pay side with the ophthalmologist between the ophthalmologist and the companies versus mm-hmm. on the on the reimbursed side. We want to behave well, and we do behave well, whether it's cash pay or third-party reimbursed. Um, but I'm, I'm actually a uh, person that um, is quite supportive of the Sunshine Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be open and candid about our relationships between the companies and and the leading physicians. And so it's just we're being forced to do it, quote, unquote. But in my view, uh, that should be standard practice anyway. So shame on us if we don't proudly disclose who we affiliate with as we bring important Mm -hmm. technologies to solve real problems for people. That's great. What what advice do you have for ophthalmologists that, that want to start a company? Uh, in today's market or, or want to have an idea they want to reach out to someone like yourself about? Well, it's, you know, again, we try to be um, um, open-minded and have, have easy access to us, uh, but we're all busy, of course. I always uh, give feedback to uh, inventors, uh, whether they're ophthalmologists or non-physician inventors. Protect your idea first, mm-hmm. okay? Be careful, document it, possibly file uh, for a patent. Get some good advice on protecting your idea. Then disclose it to and with somebody that you trust. Maybe it's a, you know, a business person that you know as, as a friend, or you reach out to someone in the community that's more formally involved, such as Versant or one of the you know, credible um, either private or public companies in the ophthalmic space. But take care of protecting your idea first. Think about who a good partner would be. Uh, trust your gut because you want, you want to enter into discussions and potentially a business relationship with people that you trust. Good advice. Looking forward to Chicago, what are some of the, the greater opportunities we're seeing in the ophthalmic, uh, the ophthalmic sector today? What are we going to be talking about on the on the stage at uh, OAS? Well, you know, we always try to have cutting-edge new um, ideas that are, are ready for uh, public disclosure. Um, and so we, you know, Emmett and Gil and I, have we, as we've been pulling the program together, have uh, are pleased, as always, to have quite a few private companies that are reaching out to us and wanting to come and, and uh, give presentations of the current state um, of, of their business and technology, et cetera. You know, there are several categories um, of, uh, of areas that we will be focusing on. We, owe, we love uh, advanced cataract surgery and the premium channel, um, and so there will be several uh, sessions there as well. Uh, we're going to deal with regulatory process and reimbursement. 
uh, again, always on the path of progress in, in, uh, to uh, create value. And then, you know, dry eye continues to be a, a big, eclectic, challenging market. We'll have some dry eye technologies to, to feature as well. And then another thing that we want to have candid uh, discussion about is the industry leadership and the consolidation in the industry and the ripple effect, et cetera. So it's, it, it should be an interesting day. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Bill, thanks so much for your time today and, and for your leadership with OIS. Thanks for listening to this OIS podcast. Tune in to our next one when I get to speak with outgoing ASRS President Eric Donenfeld. Don't miss your chance to attend the next Ophthalmic Innovation Summit at AAO on October 16th in Chicago. OIS will showcase market-changing technologies and provide a forum for industry leaders to discuss and debate the challenges and opportunities facing this dynamic industry. Hear what world-renowned ophthalmologist and inventor Dr. Steve Charles has to say. This is a great forum to get everybody in the same room. These are not separate parts of the puzzle. They've got to be a cohesive unit to work together. We can't see the FDA or the venture capital community's adversarial. They've got to be part of the process. And so this is dialogue. That's what this is about. And it was a very effective forum for that. It's the fifth time they've held it. It's also very effective in the spring at the ASCRS meeting. I'm delighted to be a part of it. So visit the new OIS Super site for more details and to register at www.ois.net.